Tech Fan Podcast number 376. I am Tim Robertson, and he is David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. You're back to the DJing gig, huh? Uh, well, Alexander was. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm just his roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, and, you talked about this a couple months ago. Yeah, oh, it may be longer than that. Now. No, well, it, it, he did one this time last year. And I think um, he did one during the year as well. So he's like the resident DJ at our synagogue now. So, so yeah. it it looked uh, looked like you guys were having a good time. It was a Hanukkah party. So, um, and it's also the last one we're going to have in that building. So we kind of pushed the boat out a little bit because the building's going to be. Um, it's like a seventy-year-old building. It's going to be knocked down and they're building a brand new building there and we're going to get some space in the basement for um, a new synagogue so um, we're going to have to move out for a couple of years while they do that and uh, so yeah they 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 did a nice party for for all the kids in the, in the synagogue and that and Alexander did his usual thing of um, you know created his, his iPad playlist and I downloaded all the songs for him and he put them, put them through his DJ app so that's pretty uh, cool. We had music. It was. It was. Uh, you. Uh, the photos I sent you. There was a. There was a couple of kids. They were kind of hanging around the whole time because they were fascinated by the whole. The whole thing. Um, so yeah, he he was doing his thing. He you know he enjoys doing it. He likes choosing the tunes and you know picking stuff that people are going to like and all of that. He he doesn't do a lot of the. You know, kind of wedding DJ slide type stuff where he's talking to the crowd and mixing it up and all of that. He just kind of lets the music play, but. He lets his work speak for himself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Of, he had a couple of weird, weird songs on there. There was one that that, that um, some guys uh, who who play Minecraft had, had written. They'd written a, uh, a tetralogy of four songs with a story and everything, and he played one of those. And it, I tell you, it was really good. I mean, you wouldn't. What is it? Um, yeah, I've, I'm trying to remember what it was called now, but it, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to tell it different from a professional pop song i mean it was that good um and it wasn't did he all play like, baby shark uh no he didn't so it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> aimed at he wasn't aimed at, at kids that quite that young so uh, no I, but baby shark is kind of uh any for any event i think yeah if if uh, you are listening to this and you don't know what baby shark is just google it yeah and then send the hate mail to David. Exactly, yeah, because you'll never get it out of your head. Uh, I did. I did slip a club mix of "Let It Go" into there, which uh, which yeah, went there. You go. Well, yeah. So. Ah <laughs> uh, man, so I got to be honest, David. Um, the day that I usually do some some prep for the show, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't uh, because I had to work on my uh, Sequoia. All right, what's my, up with the Sequoia? Mm, well, I had a, a remote starter installed in it in the last week, uh-huh. which is nice. I mean, uh, no, that was Monday. I take so this back. is Monday. this is to let you start it up and warm it up before you get in it in the, in exactly. the morning, the winter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because it, it gets extremely cold here in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and when I say cold, I mean sometimes it's it's literally bone chilling cold. You can feel the cold through your skin on your on your skeleton. It's that yeah. cold. I mean, it's it gets brutal. Now I've got leather seats and it heats up pretty quick because I've got heated leather seats in that thing. But mm-hmm. you know I want to warm it up a little bit. But I have to take it back because there's some kind of an issue with it. When I start it, half the time the alarm goes off. Right. Which you know at five forty-five in the morning you're 
big sequoia starts blasting its horn through the neighborhood. Might not be, you know, the most neighborly thing to do. It's not going to make you the most popular, you know. You're going to miss some um, Christmas card card, uh, receipts with that. Yep. So Friday morning, I start it. I can hear it start up in the uh, driveway. And it turns itself off after, I think, 19 minutes. Well, the alarm and does or the start does. No, the start. The remote oh, right. start does. If you don't do anything, if you just remote start it, it doesn't continue to run forever. It turns itself off after 19 minutes. Right. It's either 16 or 19, which is fine. Uh, and I can actually program this thing so it starts remotely um, every three hours if I want, which is kind of cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts up. I can hear it running out there. It turns itself off because uh, Brooke was running a little bit late. Yeah. I go out there, get in the car, turn the key. It's nice and warm, and all I hear is a clicking sound. Oh, dear. And so between that last start and when I went out to you know, physically start it, the battery had died. Now, I was worried that the starter had gone out. Mm-hmm. The starter on that Toyota Sequoia is unbelievably a pain in the butt and expensive to, to switch out. It's actually underneath the intake manifold. Right. So you got to basically rip the entire top of the engine off, which is this, the dumbest design. Yeah. Uh, so I was hoping in, in crossing my fingers that it was just a battery and the battery in that thing is huge too. Thankfully it was, I got a battery, got it installed and, um, we're all well with the world again, but that was all happening at the time that I usually prep for the show. Right. And so I wasn't prepping. So, but so the I, remote start some way has killed the battery, or was the battery on the way out? No, the, that battery in it was six years old. Right. So, you know, it's gone through some pretty brutal winters. Yeah. Um, and I put a lot of demand on my battery, you know. I got mm-hmm. a subwoofer in there. and So, yeah, it's not that big of a deal when a battery dies. Yeah. Uh, I got a good discount on the battery. It only cost me like 90 bucks, and it should be 160 bucks. so... It's something, but still, it's like, ugh. And it weighs, it's such a big battery, it's just, it weighs a ton. Yeah. The only good thing about all of this is that I was parked at the uh, front of the driveway and my wife was parked behind me. <laughs> would have been an issue if I would have been farthest one back and it died like that. Yeah. Um, But still, it, it's working. Um. I did spend a little bit of time watching a couple of movie trailers, which I know you did, and I thought we'd kick off the show with that because, okay. hey, yeah, I, it's usually tech stuff that we talk about, but we do delve into the geeky stuff quite often. Mm-hmm. And two trailers dropped in one week from Marvel, which kind of surprised me, to be honest. I, I was expecting a new Captain Marvel trailer. I was not expecting the new Avengers movie trailer. I really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, no, it so, was um, it was a surprise, and I think they did it because they announced they were moving it back a week as well. So it's coming the end of April. Let's uh, talk about Captain Marvel first. Sure. So I don't know if we've really even talked about this upcoming movie, and that comes out in March. And uh, Brie Larson plays Captain Marvel. Uh, Sam Jackson is back. He's playing Nick Fury. Uh, sands the eye patch. Yeah. A lot of people are speculating that this might be the the point where he loses his eye. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it would make sense, though, I guess. 
but then they also have some, you know, uh, Phil Coulson's in there. And what's funny is they're using that de-aging technology to make those actors look younger. Now, Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s, and you know that because when she crashes down to Earth from space, she lands in a blockbuster video. <laughs> big one, too. It's a, yeah, it was. Well, most, a lot of blockbusters are pretty big. But wasn't that yeah. just kind of a 90s iconic look? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can you can do a lot with color grading and cars and stuff like that. But really, you need for particular well, certainly for a trailer. But I guess in the in the movies as well, you you want a quick shortcut to show um, show a period. And obviously, you know, blockbusters were like they're like Starbucks are now. They were just everywhere in the nineties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, it definitely yeah. puts it in the 90s because that yeah. was the height of Blockbuster. The 2000s yeah. was the decline. Yeah. So you see this brightly lit Blockbuster, and she falls through the roof. Shows are getting up, and you see VHS tapes on the wall and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> I think I saw something on Facebook or Twitter that someone was looking at the movies on the shelves to try to pinpoint exactly when it happened. And I think they did. It should be around this time frame. Um, If the people producing Marvel really was super accurate. And I got to say, if anybody is, it's probably Marvel because they give that kind of deep attention to detail, the little tiny things. Could you imagine though, having to set up a blockbuster video store for a movie? (laughs) I mean, I presume you'd have to go out and, um, as, as well as as trawling all the, uh, you know, kind of all the Goodwill stores for old tapes, I would imagine you'd have to recreate some if you wanted to make it authentic. You'd have to go out and see what they were like and then reprint the covers and, and that sort of thing because, um, you know, a lot of that stuff is probably in landfill by now. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't think it would be too difficult, though, because <clears throat> video cameras are pretty popular in the 90s and, you know... Not digital photography, but pictures. Yeah. So they probably had a treasure trove just looking at Google Images. Yeah, maybe. For what a blockbuster store really looked like. Or they can just, there's one left open, so. I've always thought the role of production design on big movies must be, you know, quite a lot of fun to be able to, I, uh, you know. I mean, uh, the I, other, the other, the kind of um, aged look that they really, really nailed was in that uh, Netflix series Stranger Things, which was also set in the eighties and nineties, and and again they kind of really the set design and the production design really pins it in that period very, very well. I no. think that Stranger Things does a better job of recreating the eighties than anything I've ever seen, yeah. other than looking at a movie in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, it feels, it looks like ET. It, it was it was a very brown period. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I'd forgotten, but it was. It was very. Everything was very brown. <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, you know because wood paneling was such a big deal in the seventies and in the eighties. Everybody still had wood paneling in their yeah. house and stuff. Yeah. Um, cars. A lot of cars were brown. Yeah. Yeah. My first car was beige. <laughs> well, mine was green, but that was because it was a ninety or a seventies car. Seventies yeah. was a lot of off green colors mm-hmm. like the most drab green you can imagine that was gm's forte yeah i think i had like three green cars <laughs> yeah i did i had a suburban that was a 76 i had a 
Well, I had a 72 Skylark. I don't know what color that was originally because it was all, the paint had been scraped off of it. I had a 73 Chevy Impala, or no, Caprice, a Caprice Classic, and a 1970 Delta 88 Oldsmobile. They were all green. And they were all different shades of green, so, well, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you did you lend any of them to the set design of um, of Captain Marvel? No, I destroyed every one of my cars from back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think production design is probably the most underrated and underappreciated of most of the jobs at a big production like they, whether it's Stranger Things or a Marvel movie. Yeah. Because these are the people that are obsessive of getting things right, and their work for the most part, probably goes largely unnoticed. You're looking at the actor and the action. Um, very few people are taking the time to look at the little details in the background. You know, like when they go into the arcade, it's not just the video games that are dressing the set. It's the stuff on the wall. It's the clock. It's the counter. It's the candy. It's the soda. I mean, it's so yeah. many different things go into it that one tiny little mistake really could be glaring well especially nowadays because you might not notice a mistake in the movie um you the only time you notice those sorts of mistakes in movies if they're using one of these things as a macguffin or a plot point you know um that's when people will might immediately say oh that that doesn't look right or that didn't work right or that did something that the real one didn't do or something like that but um the stuff in the background, you, you might not notice it at the time you're watching the movie, but of course we live in the age of uh, the internet and yeah. uh, video editing, and so the, the real fans go through these movies frame by frame. Uh, and yeah, they'll spot stuff, and they'll point it out, and they'll say, oh, well actually, you know, that, uh, I mean, y you already mentioned it, people going through the movies on the wall in the blockbuster yes. scene to try and figure out what time it was. Well, if they say, well, hang on a minute, there's there's, uh, there's there's a special edition uh, copy of, of whatever, you know, Rambo First Blood that only came out in 1984, and this is meant to be 1983. Uh, exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like uh, watching some of those YouTube videos where they point out movie mistakes. One of my favorites is uh, an Indiana Jones scene that's supposed to be in the 30s, I believe, or 40s. No, it's the 40s. And you see a, a production guy kind of running in the background to get out of the way and he's got jeans and a like a t-shirt on i think yeah. or a collared shirt and it once you see it you can't unsee it but i never saw that before i never noticed it no. the most uh the most famous thing that i ever think again it was another indiana jones is that that, that scene in raise the lost art way he falls into the into the well of souls and it's full of snakes and the cobra rears up at him yeah we were all blown away by that by that scene in the actual movie once a few years later people pointed out that you could see the glass reflection of the the protection screen they had in front of harrison ford once you've seen that you can never unsee it and it completely destroys oh, the really? scene for you <laughs> yeah i don't want to see that there is one scene in gladiator and the carriage races where you actually see the film crew and the camera and everything yeah uh in the coliseum filming i yeah. never i never noticed that and i've seen gladiator probably three times yeah as, it's hilarious, some of the things that pop up. Anyways, uh, back to Captain Marvel. This is going to be uh, Marvel's first female-led superhero movie. And 
Captain Marvel, I think, is probably a really good choice to do it. Um, some people said they should have made a Black Widow movie. I'm not really all that interested in a Black Widow movie. I think she's kind of a boring character that's best when she's in a, a group of heroes, kind of I'm like not, the Hulk. Yeah, not only that, she's had... She's had quite a lot of characterization in the in the existing Avengers movies uh, yes. and the Iron Man movies. I mean, she's she actually has for all the complaints about <coughs> Marvel kind of downplaying uh, the female characters, she actually had a lot of screen time and quite a lot of backstory. Um, yes, and and you kind of know what she is. She's a she's an assassin with a dark past who's trying to um, who's who's trying to seek redemption for for her crimes. Uh, you know, I don't I don't. How much more can you make with that with that starting point? Right, and if you, you know, go back and tell her backstory, is that she was an assassin? I don't think yeah. Marvel's going to make that movie. Black yeah. Widow assassin. It's not going to happen. No. Um, although I will say that with with Disney Plus coming and Marvel going to be a big part of that, um, I think that short little four episode type things would work extremely well taking some of these characters that you like and why wouldn't scarlett johansson do that yeah you know uh, in essence it would be a movie for 45 minute shorts if you will Mm -hmm. focusing on her backstory i think that would be great i would love to see that i don't want to see it on the big screen in a movie yeah i think it would be a flop to be honest um so Brie Larson looks amazing as Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's, uh, and I um, like her as an actress. I really yeah, do. Yeah, well, look, you know, she's an she's an Oscar winning actress. She, you know, she certainly um, is is one of one of the better young actresses we've got around at the moment. And um, you know, I'm it looked from certainly from the looks of the trailer, trailer looks like she's really committed to this. You yeah. know, um, and uh, I'm sure she's going to. Well, be she's very posted good. stuff on, I think, Instagram or something. Uh, her working out, and she's really into it, yeah. into playing this character. And it doesn't feel cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, I like how it kind of delves into the mystery of who is this woman. She fell from the sky. She is she an alien? Except she's not, because she has weird memories about growing up on its obvious Earth. Yeah. You know, and they do flash back to when she's young, um, and young for her, it looks like it would be mid to late seventies. Um, I don't know. I think it looks really interesting. It looks like it looks like they're trying to obviously retrofit Captain Marvel into the Marvel universe, even though they're introducing her towards the end of this whole phase of Marvel. But I'm okay with that. I think it's time for a good Captain Marvel character. And I think you were right what you said before we actually started recording. They released this trailer right before the Avengers trailer because she's going to play a part in Avengers 4. Yeah. And I think you're 100% right. I yeah. think that's that's why they're doing it this way. You're going to see Captain Marvel, and a month later you're going to see uh, Avengers Endgame, which, of course, was the second trailer that was released this week. Um, I've watched that trailer six times, probably. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing and i love that they don't give a whole lot away yeah i mean you know really the 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 clever thing they've done with this is they've it's, is they finished the last movie on this huge cliffhanger yep. um and and have, has left us wanting for you know how they're going to get out of this how they're going to resolve it uh and uh you know that this trailer kind of leads us towards that without 
filling in too many of the blanks um, and really capturing the essence of you know how do you how do the Avengers cope with this massive defeat um, and and you know and and still leaving us guessing about who who might survive. Well, <laughs> it feels very character focused too. I yeah. mean, just the beginning of this with Tony Stark on a spaceship. He's run out of food. He's run out of water four days before. All he can create now with the the nanobots from his Iron Man armor looks like is a damaged helmet. Mm-hmm. And it's recording him talking to Pepper. And I thought that was extremely moving. Cut to Captain America dealing with this. Um, a really good shot of... Well, where's Hawkeye? Because he wasn't in the last movie. Well, he's definitely in this one as Ronan, not Hawkeye. Which I thought, yes, I want to see that. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Rayner just... He's just such a badass in that yeah. one scene. Uh, Thor sitting there devastated. Um, and you think, wow, this is going to be a very gloomy movie. And this whole trailer feels very gloomy and doesn't look good. I mean, for the heroes. And then the last scene after, you know, the title Avengers Endgame is Scott Lang. Yeah. And it, it, it uplifts this whole trailer and it, it made the trailer so much better. You're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so good. It, yeah, it did. And you know what? I, I, again, I think the, the real, the real strength of, of what Marvel has built here is the fact that they have, all of these different characters who have different um, different feels to them, you know. Uh, Tony Stark has become has uh, over the course of all of these movies has become, you know, the 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 default leader despite his flaws, and yet he's become a much better guy as a result of those things. And yeah, uh, but obviously all of that kind of it lead does lead itself to this kind of dark place. Well, Tony Stark has been going uh, through a journey since the very first Iron Man movie. Think about, he was such a cocky guy. He invents this thing. He announces, I am Iron Man. Uh, The second Iron Man movie, he's at the height of his Iron Man-ness, if you will. Um, And he he can do no wrong. He's super cocky. Yeah, it's full of hubris. Exactly. Iron Man Man can save the world. You know, Iron Man can... And then Avengers hit. And he he helps save the world. Yeah. But it it just wrecks him mentally. Yeah. And then you see him in a downward spiral. Iron Man three, which I think is an underrated movie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was a lot of plot holes in it. I mean, the end of it was kind of silly. All the Iron Man outfits show up, and yeah, I, um, I think it was a great idea that that kind of um, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. The, I think the problem with it was the the villain was weak. Um, y- y- well, they destroyed a great comic book villain. Yeah, I mean, well, the Mandalorian was, was awesome. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad idea, but the problem is, is the the, the real yeah. puppet master behind behind that villain just wasn't. It just it was so cookie cutter. It was so boring. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even though they got a great actor to play him, it was so so dull. You, know, you didn't care. No. I mean, there are some great scenes in that movie, yeah. and I think one of the best ones is the, when the kid mentions what happened in New York, and he almost yeah. has a mental breakdown. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, 
that plays a bigger part in his character than any other Iron Man movie. Yeah. Um, and you see that continued in the Avenger movies that follow. You yeah. see it when he has that Scarlet Witch, whatever, when he sees the future and all the Avengers are dead. And, yeah. Uh, you see it in he wants to protect Peter Parker. He does not want Peter Parker to come. Yeah. Um, and then when Peter dies in Infinity War, you know, he's he's devastated and you can see it. And yeah. yet at the beginning of this trailer, it's him talking to Pepper Potts. It's always been her. Yeah. Um, I thought it was amazing. You know, a lot of people are speculating they're going to probably kill off some characters. Uh, which ones? I don't think they're going to kill off the Hulk. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't think they're going to kill off, kill off Thor either. So it comes down to Black Widow, Captain America. I don't think they're going to kill off Hawkeye. Because uh, it would, honestly, I think it would have less of an effect on audiences. Yeah. So Captain America or Iron Man, which one, which is the swan song? I mean, they're kind of setting it up that it could be either one at this point. Oh, or it could be both of them. You know? Well, they, Chris Evans has said, and the Russo brothers have said, you haven't seen the last of Captain America. Right. Or yeah, Chris Evans. That, what does that mean, though? doesn't mean anything. I mean, they say what they want to say. Yeah, but not, not only that, Captain America is a, um, in the comics, has been many people. Many people. Well, do you really want to kill so. off one of these characters, though? Sorry. Well, well for, let me... Yes, there's been different Captain Americas, but there's only one. Yeah. Other people have held the shield and the mantle in his absence, but it's always Steve Rogers. Everybody else is just a fake Captain America. <laughs> Steve Rogers is Captain America. Um, do they need to kill one of these characters off in this movie? I don't think they do. I mean, we had our Empire Strikes Back now. It's yeah. Infinity War. I mean... You see all these people die. Now, obviously, there's going to be some kind of MacGuffin, whether it's time travel, which has been um, what people have been saying it's going to be. I don't know. I don't really want to know until I see the film. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Is it Return of the Jedi? In that the heroes win. They, they, There isn't a big sacrifice at the end for them to win, i.e. somebody dies. They win. Because they're smarter than Thanos. That their humanity and bravery and love for one another, that's what saves the day. Not Captain America, you know, holding his shield over Thanos' face while Thor hits it with his hammer or something. You know, it, yeah, it's... I don't know. Do you, sure? do, you, do you think it matters, though, if someone actually dies? Do you think it would make the film better? No, I, I think... I have I have faith in the in the Russo brothers to do what needs to be done to bring the story home, um, and uh, if they think that's necessary, or they don't think it's necessary, or they think it's it's necessary that we think that that's going to happen, and then it doesn't. You know, I, I I think given given what they did with the first movie and the fact that they had um, you know the clear plan for the way this one was going to go, I think we just need to let it play out, and I reckon they'll pull it off. Are you more excited to see the end of this generation of Marvel movies come to an end? And then the next Marvel movies coming with X-Men and Fantastic Four and the Inhumans and 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's important not to just keep growing it out sideways. I, don't, I think it's important not to keep all of these characters there and then add more on on the side because I think the thing will become unwieldy. Um, yeah. You know, we and we don't want to get to these ridiculous continuity situations you sometimes get to in comic books, where you have to uh, do this all this huge retconning and um, or or uh, you know the kind of the <laughs> the thing they used to do in the in the um, you know the '30s action series you see in the in the movies, you know where they where you see the the hero go off the cliff in a car, right? Yeah. And the car the car explodes on the floor, and you think, well, that's it. There's no way you could get out of that. And then when you when you see the next episode, they insert an extra scene of the hero untying his 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 bond and jumping out the car, and you, At the you last that, second. yeah, and you kind of go, oh no, that that that's 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 a fake because that's not what happened. We saw what happened. You know, right. now you've changed it. So, and and you know, the kind of the retcon, retconning you have to do in movies to try and accommodate that sort of stuff can sometimes get like that, where you come and say, "Well, this doesn't really land." I mean, you'd be interested to see how they cope that with Captain Marvel, because the way that Nick Fury approached putting the Avengers together, and the way that they kind of portrayed. Remember the whole thing in the big, the, the first Thor movie was that you know they they went to find the hammer and and they didn't know what it was and and all of this sort of thing. It all played out like you know they these people are just discovering about the existence of metahumans and aliens and that sort of stuff. And yes, then, so no, and no, now no, 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 I would disagree with you because in the very first Iron Man movie, the, after the credit scene, is Nick Fury and he tells Iron Man he's joining a much bigger world. And he suggests that he's known about superheroes and stuff like that for a very long time. He says in the very first of these Marvel movies. So I would disagree with you there. I think they've, they've set it up that this kind of stuff has been going on for a while. And and Iron Man is just where we get on this bandwagon. But Nick Fury has been on this bandwagon for a while. Well, Think about it. He says you're joining a much larger universe. And he uh, talks yeah, I mean, about you know yeah. his Avengers thing. I didn't, I didn't see it. I thought I, I mean, I, I took the line to mean that he was kind of stepping up out of out of his comfort zone into like the you know no. the whole world. Uh-uh. Um, no, because he because he mentions Avengers in the very next sentence. Go back and watch that scene, knowing now that there's going to be a Captain Marvel movie with you know Nick Fury in it, and it, it totally makes sense. Now, we would like to think that they were planning this way back, you know, ten, ten years ago. They totally weren't. They were hoping yeah. that maybe well, exactly. they'd get this chance. Because, but. you know, you, you've, you've made your point, but then it, that raises the wider question, is when Loki showed up in the first Avengers movie, why didn't he break out the Captain Marvel beeper then? You know? Well, because he had the Avengers at that point. He was putting this team together. He had Iron Man. They had Thor at this point. They knew about Thor. Uh, they had Captain America. Yeah. I um I don't, I don't know. Well, some military strategists might say that you bring all your all your um, weapons to the table if you're going to start a campaign, but um, obviously we know that that's not really the case because Captain Marvel was an inkling in Disney Marvel's eyes at that point in terms mm-hmm. of the movie. Sure, it was. Um, and, but that's exactly what I mean: is that it's it when you start doing the retconning, it can, it's very difficult to. Um, do it convincingly and and make it 
completely, you know, holeproof. Um, but do you do you agree with me that if anybody can pull it off, it's going to be Marvel? Oh yeah, but I I, I think I think they'll they will do the right thing. Is will, they will start to retire or de-emphasize some of the existing characters in favor of new ones, and I think that's the right thing to do rather than try to keep the whole canon going and keep adding more and more on top of it. Right. So yeah. when Captain America shows up in Spider-Man Four or some other character that's has had almost no interaction with the existing Marvel characters, but it's obviously in that universe. If Captain America shows up for, you know, the middle of the movie to help train this new superhero, it will have that much more impact. It will, it will mean something. Oh my God, that's Captain America. We haven't seen him in years. Check him out. I mean, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, last question. Are you more looking forward to, this movie, because it sounds like you're you're jonesed for it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or are you more jonesed for episode 12 or episode 9, sorry, uh, Star I'm, Wars? I'm much more into the Marvel stuff at the moment. I, I think they've been better. Well, I don't know, though. Have they? I mean, there's so many more of them, but Rogue One, amazing movie. Yeah. Han Solo, much better than I think anybody has given it credit for. I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Force Awakens, fantastic. I love it. It's my favorite of all the new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think it's number... Well, I don't know. I, I really like Rogue One. Um, the last Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, meh. Not very yeah. good. Solo, not brilliant. Mm, I like Solo, though. Yeah, I, well, I, I, it was okay, but it, it put it this way, it didn't. Um, I think they picked the wrong actor. Yeah, but it didn't. Blow I didn't me away he wasn't as convincing as Han Solo. I think they could have done it with Harrison Ford, just de-aged him. De-aged. That'd be. I could see him jumping around a whole lot, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I'm. I think I'm looking forward to Avengers more than. But I don't know if they're both at the theater right now, and I can only go see one today. Which one is it? <sighs> I think it's Star Wars. Yeah, well, I think I'd that's the going, one I'm going to. I'm probably going to see the Marvel movie. I think only because I've lived with Star Wars in the movies for a very long, well, forty years. Yeah, I've been watching these movies on the big screen, forty-one years. I mean, I saw and you saw Star Wars in 1977. We both saw that movie. We did. So, I don't know. There's something about being in a movie theater and that Star Wars crawl hits that still, to this day, even The Last Jedi, brings chills to my spine. It just does. It does something for me. And it's more than just nostalgia. (laughs) The Marvel movies, I sit down and I get excited because I know it's going to be good. I'm going to enjoy this. It's going to be fun. But I don't get the chills that I do when I see that Star Wars crawl or hear the Star Wars theme kick in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, it's we're, a toss for- up. we're fortunate because we get both of them. So We get both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about them both right here on Tech Fan. Yeah. So that's an entire half the show that we're talking about non-tech stuff for the most part. Uh, as such, we want to thank our sponsor, OWC, MaxSales.com. Uh, they've got their stocking stuffers um, sale going on. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, they got yeah, a lot of good a lot savings. Of nice stuff here. Yep. Um, it, it, I, we talk about their products every week. It, it gets more and more difficult to pick one, 
but they do have um, the Apple HomePod on sale right now for two eighty eight. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that is that is is what's it three fifty normally? Three fifty, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've heard. I've still not heard one in a setting where I can really judge its sound quality. But from everything I've read, it sounds amazing. It's a really good speaker system. Yeah, I like the sound of it. I haven't I haven't got one at home, but um, I, I, when I've heard it in the stores, and I have been in, in some of the bigger. You know the big multi-level stores they have in London, um, where you can get to hear it kind of on its own rather than being surrounded by the noise of a crowd and everything, and they sound phenomenal. So, and this is obviously a, a really good deal if you're interested in picking up a really good. If you live in the Apple ecosystem, if you're an Android and a Windows guy, you probably aren't going to buy this. No, it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah, go check it out. MaxSales.com and thank them very much. We thank them very much for sponsoring this episode of TechFan. Um, we're going to skip Wikipedia this week. We only had one picked out and it's Bell Labs. And we're going to save that because, as David and I discussed before we started recording the show, Bell Labs is such a important piece of um, the world of tech. And, and not just tech, but the world, that it probably deserves more than a 12 to 15-minute segment here on TechFan. What, what, what we should do, though, David, is maybe talk to or find somebody that worked at Bell Lab or is more versed in it and have them come on the show with us. Okay, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Sure, I'll get my little black book out. Yeah, I got one, too. Mine's blue, but same thing. Um, so we're going to skip Wikipedia this week uh, and go right into a data outrage story from your neck of the woods. What happened? Yeah. So um, we th- the way the cellular market is carved up here in Britain is we have four major carriers. Uh, and then and just like you have in the States, a number of uh, what are called MVNOs, mobile virtual network operators, who kind of piggyback on top of one of the four carriers network but offer a, a, an independent service so one of the uh, one of the big four which is O2 currently owned by Telefonica which is the Spanish telecom company but O2 originally was British telecom that was who started it um, back in the day um, they basically their entire data network went offline for 24 hours this week um, pandemonium <laughs> Well, this this took down not just O2, but basically all the MVNOs who operate on O2. It basically sure. took everything out. Uh, and the reason apparently was that Ericsson, who are a, um, I think they're Finnish or they're certainly a Scandinavian uh, ter- telephone company anyway, um, who run most of the, the infra- who supply a lot of the infrastructure that mobile network operators use to actually run their networks. Um, particularly the stuff that does all the validation of SIMs and phones uh, and it actually allows the network to run. Um, they did a software upgrade uh, and the software upgrade um, had some expired certificates in it so it didn't work uh, and that took O2's network completely offline and it took them 24 hours to fix it. And um, That's pretty pathetic. Uh, well, you know, I, I was explaining to... 
you know, my children, when this first started, you know, they, they were saying, oh, how, how could somebody do this? I said, well, really, a company, any big company, if you're doing a software upgrade, you have, um, you know, you have a backup plan in case it goes wrong. And they should have had that and been able to do it. But clearly, they didn't have that either. Um, yep. So, yeah, it was down for 24 hours. And, um, you know, O2 have been very apologetic. They are compensating every single customer in that every um, fixed customer will get two free days of service next month and pay-as-you-go customers will get uh, an ongoing 10% dis- discount for any top-ups they buy over the next um, over the next month, which, uh, you know, is, is good because um, a lot of times companies kind of go, oh, well, you know, our contract says we don't guarantee anything and so you're kind of on your own. So the fact they're compensating is good. They also apparently are suing Ericsson for $100 million. Wow. So, <laughs> you know... Because obviously, big reputational damage, and you is know, it still Sony Ericsson, or is this a different company? It it was Ericsson is is the uh, you mean Sony Ericsson? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a different uh, Sony Ericsson is it was a partnership, and and it's yeah, part and of the same broke company, apart. but a different, right. a much different arm of the same company. Gotcha. So yeah. it is the same company, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Um, yeah, they're Swedish, apparently, uh, I'm seeing yep. now. So, um, yeah, uh, pretty embarrassing for them as well. Um, and uh, what I found interesting about it was really how dependent so many people are on their uh, cellular data nowadays and how they struggled to cope when the when the system was out. The way it was reported over here was there was lots of anecdotes from people who were struggling. Um, uh, and obviously, some the, of them are the, kind of silly, but some of yeah. them I think are legitimate. Well, the news editors will pick the ones that sound, that, uh, uh, you know, sound that sound dramatic. So, for instance, there was quite a few people uh, from people who saying they had medical problems and they relied on their mobile phone to ring for help and that sort of thing. And so, you know, this this would have been a problem had they needed help at those points. Uh, this is a part right here, though. Um, in the story that you sent from the BBC, Tom Merritt of the market research company IHF Market said data was increasingly important to customers, with half of UK mobile users prioritizing internet connectivity above calls and text. Yeah. What do you think? Do you, which do you prize more, the ability to make a phone call and send and receive text or internet connectivity? Well, for me, actually, the internet connectivity because Me too. Um, I can make calls over the internet connectivity. Exactly, and you can send text <laughs> over the internet. You can send, yeah, you can send text, you can send messages. Um, Email. That, that's a more immediate way of contacting people nowadays, but the thing is, as I have, I have voice over IP telephony at home, so I can actually use that on my mobile when I need to uh, through data. So I, I always have the facility to do voice, and you have Skype and WhatsApp um, voice and FaceTime and all those sorts of things as well. So, you know, you can probably live without um, voice service, but it's more difficult to live without data. But um, this, um, some, of the, some of the stuff is a little bit... One lady said, I'm disabled, I'm in a wheelchair, so having no data, but also no calls as well means I can't connect anyone or contact anyone if I fall or if I need anything. Well, there wasn't disabled people... 50 years ago come on yeah uh most people in that situation i would imagine would have a landline telephone as well um the problem that's the problem with the way these things report get reported is that 
the uh, the news editors conflate convenience with with necessity. Life threatening. Yes. <laughs> you know, and yes, most people have. I know. I know there are people nowadays who don't have landlines. They only have a have a mobile phone. But to be honest with you, if it was me, and I was relying on mobile phones for critical emergency services such as you know getting help if i had a fall or something like that i would have two on two different networks i wouldn't yeah. have one because um for precisely this sort of reason you know you can't rely on what happens if you drop a phone in the toilet and you're in that situation you know you <laughs> drop yeah. a, your phone in the toilet and then fall off the toilet mm-hmm. yeah you're then lying on the bathroom floor not able to do anything well yeah. even if you had line line you're probably not doing anything because you're laying on the well, yeah, but if you have two phones, two phones, I three phones. I fall in and I can't get up. <laughs> um, you know, there's somebody here who, who, who's relying on phones for rotors and schedules and uh, names and addresses and texting people and all that sort of stuff because she was running a home visit service. So, uh, you know, now she did the right thing. She called in extra office staff to actually make landline calls to people to sort it out. And, and that's... You know, the, the point is that's a fallback situation. That's what anybody relying on as a business relying on mobile phones should be able to do and should plan to do, to be honest. If your income relies on having a mobile phone, you've got to be able to maintain your income with the mobile phone isn't there for any reason because they they aren't as reliable as landlines. The person who in here who said he's a plumber and his whole country, you know, that his phone number is his mobile phone and that he basically had a waste of day, I think that's legitimate. You know, yeah. What are you going to have? Two you know mobile what? phones? Yeah. I, well, again, I, to me, if I'm running a business, right, relying on on mobile phone calls, the mobile coverage is spotty anyway. For 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 my uh, customers to contact me is not the right way to go. I think you spend a bit more money on having a landline and then have it redirect to the mobile, and then you can redirect to somebody else somewhere else if you need to, and then you don't lose business. It's all about having a little bit of planning. Um, the one that I found the, the most silly is <laughs> the last one. <laughs> this guy says he's been a loyal O2 customer for a long time. He said he had bids on eBay on Thursday morning, but could not do them because the O2 network is down. It's Christmas. The budget's tight for me, but of course he can still afford a mobile phone. Yeah. There were presents I was supposed to be buying for my daughter and my son on eBay today. They've gone now. Oh my God! He For says, twenty-four hours, and he—he's not going to get these presents. Well, now. well, after all, break. you can't access the internet if you don't have a mobile <clears> phone. <throat> there is no other way to access the internet. And this was something else that kind of, you know, ticked me off a little bit about the way these stories kind of ran. Is that? Yeah, for, for phone calls and for, uh, for messages, if you rely on iMessage or something like right. that, then that's eBay. a problem. But we, we all have access to the internet in hundreds of other places. Most people have a computer and broadband at home. Right. You know, this guy, all- he's he's bidding on stuff. And you couldn't have done it at work. They didn't have yeah. a work computer. You couldn't have gone to the public library or, I don't know, your house where you have a laptop or a desktop. <laughs> or, a, or an internet cafe. Or, or, or go to know. a relative's house who has a one of these computer things. What a ridiculous statement. This person ought to be just shamed. Shame on you. Well, shame on the editor for picking that one as an example. Oh, it's just thing. terrible. Yeah. That's just, that's a millennial whining crap right there. <laughs> but speaking of crap, Samsung gets busted again. When, when, when can people start saying Samsung is just, ugh, 
they're the worst. But I mean, actually, just to be honest with you, though, I I put this story in here. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ding Samsung so much as the um, the wider media industry really here. So the story here is that um, uh, in in a, a set of ads that apparently run ran for Samsung Malaysia, they had. Um, some ads showing off the capabilities of the new Galaxy A8, and it has one of these portrait modes that the iPhone has. Um, And they got busted because they used a photo uh, taken by a professional photographer, and he spotted it in the ad. They'd changed it, they'd basically bought the ad off a stock photo, uh, bought the photo off a stock photo service. They then rather badly photoshopped it into a different scene to try and give it more background blur. Um, yep. and, and this guy spotted it and so he then he thought he wondered how they got the photo he then found out that he'd published the photo somewhere and that, that had he'd inadvertently given it rights to uh, a website that basically had to deal with Getty photos or uh, iStock photo or something so basically his photo had then become available as a stock image and Samsung Malaysia's ad company had bought it and used it and doctored it So well that's the point though to me that they, they're, they're once again. Look, Samsung. Anybody listening to this show? I'm sure some of these people are listening to this. Is listening to this on a Samsung phone. Samsung phones just simply copy everybody else. They don't. They really do. They're despicable when it comes to it. And and to say that oh well, this was taken on our new phone. And look at the effects that you could do on our new phone when it was done on a DSLR. Yeah, which your phones aren't going to take as good as a picture of, um, and it was edited in Photoshop. I mean, come on, w- 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 how yeah. can you trust a company that keeps doing this kind of thing? Well, I think I think and to they keep getting that, busted for it. Yeah, I think there's a wider problem here. Not to not to give let Samsung off the hook because it was their ad, and uh, if they didn't ask the right questions or they did ask the right the questions and then and then ignored the answers. Yeah, they were they were obviously trying to cash in on the fact that Apple is well known for doing, you know, phones taken on uh, pic- photos taken on their phones and put turn them to giant billboards, right? Yeah. And so they're trying to cash in that by saying, oh yeah, this is all our phone, and then and then it's it's been simulated, it's been faked. But to be honest with you, this kind of there's a wider problem here, which is the ad the ad business is quite happy to do this all the time without telling anybody. Well, that's and, been. It's been like that since advertising began. Well, yeah, I, mean. I know, but the, this is the problem: is the, the technology makes it very easy for them to do this now, and then their customers are not asking the right questions. But I do have to wonder what is wrong with the ad business that they they don't recognise that a certain level of truth or a certain level of disclosure is an important part of their job. Yeah, because it's not. It, it's well, never been. I I agree with you that it should be, but the truth has never been, that has nothing to do with advertising, ever. Well, I I think, I'd have thought nowadays in a slightly more enlightened time, that we appreciate knowing that when things are true and when they're not. No, no, it's worse. It's worse than it's ever been when it comes to advertising or politics or it's worse now than it's ever been. When it comes to mass advertising like this, they just simply lie. And who can blame them? I mean, we've got politicians who 
say one thing and the next day say that they didn't say it. And even though it's on videotape, oh, I didn't say it. That's not what I said. Well, the problem um, we've got now is that technology is leading us to a point where you, we're not going to be able to trust any image or recording we ever see because it can always be faked. Well, that's true, too. That's why I, I've, I've had a fear of we ever get an actual spaceship, you know, not necessarily landing, but buzzing. We would half the population, if not more, would think it was just doctored, even though it's 100% accurate. You get the raw footage. That's it. It's a live shot. No, it's been faked somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That's my fear that we're going to have a universal truth that everyone's going to think is fake because of the technology we got to easily manipulate images. <clears throat> it worries me. I mean, this, 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 let's face it, this, this particular image was a pretty bad job. Uh, you could kind of tell once, once you looked at it more closely that it, that there was some sort of Photoshop going on anyway. But, yeah. um, you know, this wouldn't have been brought out unless the original photographer had seen it and, had, and pointed it out to people. Um, pretty uh, pathetic. Yeah, it's pathetic. But, but par for the course for Samsung. At least yeah. Apple's ads when they show photography and video were actually done on their hardware. Well, yeah, they were, except how do we actually know? I mean, the problem with this is that this then starts to call into question anybody making that sort of claim, including Apple. How do you... you we, we, we take it on trust that, that they were actually shot with an iPhone, but how do we know? Because Apple's had a history of doing stuff like this and... Yeah, but they it, could it's never been to change the that future, they, and we would never know. Ah, but I think we would know. I just don't think most people are going to care. Yeah, maybe. If Apple would have faked a whole bunch of videos and stuff for a presentation, and it came out afterwards, I think it would be much bigger news than Samsung faking this stuff. And I think the reason for that is history. Apple shows stuff that's real. This is their stuff. This is what their stuff can do. Samsung lies copies and cheats all the time and so you're just used to it yeah and and you're right in that most people don't care most people don't they don't care yeah and that's the sad commentary oh before we wrap this up because we're getting here towards the end i did get a new piece of tech in today or not today but this week i got a uh a sony ps1 classic or just playstation classic so how do you like it well, I, let me explain what this is for people who don't know. Uh, we've talked in the past that um, Nintendo has released two mini systems, retro systems, the NES and the SNES minis. And they've got built-in games. They're both extremely hackable. But uh, getting beyond that, they're, uh, they're mini systems. If you want to play old NES games, you can buy one of these classic NES machines plug it in to an outlet, plug the HDMI into the wall, connect your controller, turn it on, and start playing Mario. It's pretty awesome. And they work extremely well. Sony wants to get in on this bandwagon too, so they release, which is essentially about the same size as those Nintendo systems, yeah. on purpose, I believe, um, one of the PS1. And it works fine. You plug it in. Uh, it looks worse this, even just the menu screen looks much worse than the Nintendo stuff. Yeah, it's the the text is jaggedy looking. Um, granted, it's kind of what the PS One looked like back in the yeah. day, but they could have smoothed it out some. They could have made it look better. The entire interface doesn't have to be retro. I think they kind of missed the point there. The selection of the game, uh, it's kind of poor to be honest. 
there's about five games that I actually want to play. The rest are just like, eh, I, I'm not really all that interested in them, but I'm still going to try them, see if there's any hidden gems in there. There's one called uh, Driller, which was fun for five minutes, and it was like, nah. Yeah. Um, Rayman is on there, and I like that, but I can play that on a modern system, and it looks a whole lot better. But for the most part, it's okay. It falls well short of Nintendo's offerings. Um, you could tell. It just feels like it's a Me Too product instead of doing something innovative with this new retro craze that's been going on for the last few years when it comes to the video game stuff. Um, Sony had some extremely good games for the PS1. PS1 uh, won that generation of the console wars. Yeah. And so did PS2. But there are some games that nobody knows about, and hey, let's throw them on here. Um, I don't understand why they didn't go out and get good games. I don't understand why they didn't give a little bit more control to the user to smooth out the graphics to make it look better. Why it feels as clunky as it does. Um, I don't want to say it's a disappointment, but it's on the verge of being a disappointment. Mm -hmm. If that helps. And of course, um, the other one that I talked about that I can't mention right now, I'll be getting at Christmas time has a 64 in the name. Yeah. Um, and I can't mention that cause Cole's close by. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that one yet. We'll see. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one more than I am this this PlayStation. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It, I like these little retro mini arcade or uh, video game systems. I think they're fun. Yeah. And I think they look good on a shelf. Mm -hmm. But do I recommend this one? No. Buy the two Nintendo ones first. Yeah, or um, go out and buy a PSP because you... Get an old PSP, you can hack it to run pretty much every PS1 game ever made quite easily. So yep. that, that's something else that you can think about doing as well. Uh, Alexander yep. got the um, the Super Smash Brothers game for the uh, for the Switch, which yeah, uh, like it? Oh, the kids absolutely love it. They absolutely they? love it. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge for them, so they're really digging it. Those games are just too fast for me. Yeah, I've got to admit, I can never really tell if just. Button mashing and some things are happening on the screen. I I always get lost. Where the hell did my guy go? He got blown yeah. off the screen. Now he's back over here, and it it, it feels less like a, a truly skilled game, and more just I'm going to pick this character and mash the buttons and see what his special ability does, and then I'm going to pick another character and try that one, and it's just button mashing. So it, this never really appealed to me. Alexander, I get why he loves Alexander it, tells me there's more to it than that, but um, I've got to admit, like, I'm, I'm a little bit like you, a little bit old man, in that it, it seems to be an awful lot of stuff buzzing around the screen, and I find it's, I struggle to see what's going on. But They <laughs> love it anyway. Uh, and and uh, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. <laughs> yeah. All right? As long as the kids like it, that's what... You and I are too old. Yeah, that's what that's it comes right, down yeah. to. Get off my that's lawn. probably why I like. Yeah, well, that's probably why I like these old systems. You yeah. know, I, you know what's what I'm looking for to more than any other. I want a PS2 classic with all the GTA games and you know all the really good stuff that came out and started on the PS2. That would be great. Um, but if they come out with that, there's no way those games are going to be on there. No, there's no way. 
Yeah. From the Ratchet and Clank games on a PS2 Classic. That would be awesome. Yeah. Won't happen. No. So let's wrap up this episode of TechFan. We do invite you guys to send us uh, feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, so it's the show at. You got it. You know what it is. Yeah. Uh, you can always go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and uh, leave a comment in the show notes and we'll read them here. And I'll see you next week, David. See you then. <laughs>